I'm so excited to announce that my debut novel, Not If I Date You First, is out. This is a fake dating, enemies to lovers romantic comedy set in New York City, and I can't wait for you to all read it. She's a paparazzo, he's a celebrity, and when they get together, cameras will flash and sparks will fly. 18-year-old Ada Datchery just landed her dream internship working as a celebrity photographer. Ada's determined to do whatever it takes to turn her internship into a permanent career. But after she gets into an altercation with Liam Anders, Hollywood's hottest young celebrity, Ada becomes the center of a tabloid scandal. When rumors about an unlikely romance between Ada and Liam fly, giving an unexpected boost to both of their careers, they decide there's no harm in faking a relationship for the cameras. But as the line between what's real and what's pretend begins to blur, Ada finds herself under constant media scrutiny. And when her new boss pressures her to expose Liam's biggest secret, Ada realizes that making her dreams come true could cost her everything, including her heart. Not If I Date You First is available to order through Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and your favorite local independent bookstore. Hello, my cozy friends. Today's episode is a very special one to me because this is a recording of the book discussion from the launch party for my book at the King's English Bookshop last week. This event was quite literally my dream come true. I'm so thankful to the bookshop for hosting me and to everyone who came and showed their support for me and for Not If I Date You First. It truly meant the world to me. The introduction for the event was done by one of the lovely owners of the King's English Bookshop, Anne Holman. The event was moderated by my book bestie, Sarah Longhurst, who you can find on her blog and bookstagram account at, at the clever reader. Thank you all for your support. I will have new author interviews coming in August. For now, grab a cup of your favorite hot beverage, get cozy, and enjoy this very special episode. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the patio. On behalf of all of the booksellers at the King's English, I'd like to welcome you this evening. This is really a thrill for us. Um, Paula's here so she can speak to it, but when we have a good friend who publishes a book, it's it's more than just a, a book launch. It's a celebration of hard work and love. When Christy and Sarah approached us all those years ago about hosting their new book club, Why and Why, we said, Why? <laughs> yes, please. Little did we know what great friends we would become and what staunch supporters of our bookstore. Christy is busy. She reads and reviews, hosts a podcast, works with local authors, and now she's written her own book. The only thing better, the only thing better than a romance, in my opinion, is a romance written by someone I know. Tonight, Christy will be in conversation with her fellow book-loving friend, Sarah Longhurst. But before I turn over the mic, can we give a warm, warm welcome to Christy Meyer and not if I date you first. It is 7-11, it is National Slurpee Day, and it is really, really hot, so... If you don't have a drink, if you need another drink, there are more drinks in the back. My lovely family will be happy to serve you. And we have like, you guys, like three gallons of wine slurpees. I'm not even joking. So if you all don't drink them tonight, we're going to have to drink them at book club on Thursday. So, so we're going to talk about the book. But before we talk about the book, I want to tell you all a little story about this bookshop that changed my life. 
and try not to cry, but this shop has my whole heart. So it's likely, and we're all just gonna have to deal with it. So eight years ago, I was a really big fan of this author. Some of you may have heard of her. Her name is Sarah J. Mass, and she had a new book coming out. And so I was so excited and I got on her website and looked at her tour dates because I was like, maybe she's coming to a close enough state that I can convince my husband to drive on a road trip to go see her. And if you know Kyle, you know that's probably like not that hard of a thing <laughs> to do because he's very supportive of all of the book events and he likes going to book events as much as I do, honestly. I get on the website and to my surprise, she's coming to this bookshop in Salt Lake City called The King's English. And so I immediately hop on my phone and I'm texting Sarah like, OMG, OMG, this author is coming to this bookshop in Salt Lake and we have to go. And so I drop everything, I drive down here, and I know like some of you may not believe in love at first sight, <laughs> and I do respect your opinions, <laughs> but you are incorrect <laughs> because the second I walked through that door, I was in love. The feeling here is just, it's community and it's joy and it is so much love. And I felt it instantly. Annie, the bookseller, was the first person who ever helped me and she was so wonderful. And so Sarah and I came to the Sarah J. Mass event, so did Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> and then we got on their website and looked at their calendar and oh boy, did I fall in love then because there were so many author events, like amazing author events. My favorite authors were all coming and King's English was hosting them. And so we came to like literally all of the events. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like literally all of them. We planned our schedules every week around the King's English calendar. Like someone was like, what are you doing Tuesday? And I'm like, I don't know. Let me look at the King's English schedule. <laughs> but we got to be friends with all of these authors. And it was so cool because we found out that a lot of them are actually from Utah, which is really cool. We have like a thriving author community here, which is just magical. And those authors were so welcoming to us and so supportive. And they gave me great guidance and advice as I was trying to go through this uh, crazy, crazy process of publishing a book. And that just like meant everything to me. And then a few months later, we talked to Anne and we approached her with the idea for the YA and Wine <laughs> book club, knowing we were maybe going out on a limb. But she was so on board and so enthusiastic about that idea. Um, and so a couple months later, we had our first book club meeting. And I remember driving down here and just being like utterly terrified. Like I wanted to turn around and go home because I was convinced like no one was going to come. And if they did come, they would think that we were silly or <laughs> dumb. Because when you do like scary things and you're putting yourself out there, you always think super nice things about yourself. But to my surprise, when we got down here, it wasn't just Sarah and Kyle and my mom. We had three other people who showed up. Yeah. yeah. And we had the most amazing book discussion like because all of us were here because we love books and the readers were brilliant. And now seven years later, I have this whole crew <laughs> right here of readers that I get to hang out with every single month. And y'all, these readers, brilliant kind, thoughtful, and the most passionate readers that I've ever met. But like y'all became my best friends and we've been through so much together. Weddings and sicknesses and uh, babies and yeah. 
book babies and book babies <laughs> <laughs> and a pandemic and thousands and thousands and thousands of pages of wonderful and occasionally really bad books <laughs> together and it has been magic and you all just mean so much to me so when I say the King's English changed my life this is it but seriously like to all the booksellers that work here and especially Rob who couldn't be here tonight and Anne like we love you and thank you so like round of applause for and everyone in the back make sure you got a drink because it's really really hot all right so things are going to get a lot more light-hearted light now because we're talking about a rom-com and as you know rom-coms have lots of romance tropes and one of the most important ones is a meet cute and Sarah and I had a, a pretty great little friendship meet you, in my opinion. So we're gonna we're gonna tell you that story real quick too. So <laughs> we uh, work at a bank together, and back in the day, we were both working in the branches. I was managing one of them. Sarah was a traveling teller, and she would bounce around to all the branches when someone called in sick or someone was on vacation. And thank goodness, one of my tellers got really sick and couldn't come to work yeah. that day. <laughs> Sarah came to my branch and we were slow. I think it was just the two of us for a good chunk Probably. of the day because we were really, really slow. Um, and as a branch manager, I'm not exactly supposed to let employees read <laughs> at work, <laughs> but being me, like I'm never gonna tell someone to stop reading like literally ever. So <laughs> Sarah pulls out her Kindle and I get like, full on like cartoon eyes, right? Like, what are you reading? <laughs> and then, Sarah, what were you reading? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't, actually, but uh, it could have been Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> um, it could have been Percy Jackson or, you know, anything at that point. Um, I didn't know really a lot of people at that time. I'd only lived in the area for maybe a year, if that. And so, you know, it was one of those moments where you just like find your friendship person, but you don't realize it um, until you get to know them. And, and being able to talk about books um, for me at that point in my life was a lot of transition. So it was great to be able to connect with somebody that I could talk to about books because nobody really read anything that that I had read. You know, my mom read like Julie Garwood and Nora Roberts and my stepmom read all sorts of historical fiction and stuff. And so I had just discovered the world of middle grade and, and YA books and things like that. So it was slow. I don't read in front of clients or customers, <laughs> but it's one of those things where it's like, I'm going to kill this time, the slowness. And at that point, we just started talking about books and what we were reading and what we had read and, and things like that. And we got the opportunity to connect and over time fell in love. And she brought me here and we've been book besties ever since. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't even know. I, I was trying to think on the way down here what year that was. And I think it was like 2011 or 2012 that we met, um, which just blows my mind because it just feels like yesterday that we were just getting to know each other. But then you look back all these years and even just this last seven or eight years and it's just the memories and the events and, you know, everything like 
I don't know. I don't even think I really slept, and I put so many miles on my car coming down here every week for, <laughs> you know, I'm going to this event, and I'm buying all of their books. All, I think all of their books most of our libraries time. probably come from TKE events. So I'm I'm so grateful to be able to have that friendship and grateful for you and this life we live and getting to do this. So I'm excited to be here to talk about your first published book. <laughs> yeah. Not if I date you first. Yes. So I wanna I want to talk about we talked about our meet cue and talk about book club, but now we want to get into like your journey to this place. Um, and I want to start with you giving us a little bit of a background of what this book is about, and then maybe talk a little bit about the cover and the title yes. as, as they kind of all bundle together. So Not If I Date You First is a fake dating, enemies to lovers, romantic comedy. It's upper YA, so characters are between 18 to 22. And in this book, the main character, Ada Datri, has just landed her dream internship working as a paparazzi. And on her first day, she happens to stumble upon uh, the hottest teen celebrity in the world on a sidewalk in New York, getting into a blowout breakup argument with his girlfriend. And she just happens to be the only paparazzi around. So she's snapping away pictures and uh, the, the argument between the celebrity and his girlfriend escalates a bit, and she ends up throwing a green juice at our hero, Liam, which he ducks, but unfortunately, our main character, Ada, does not. And so she is covered in green juice. And so Liam turns around to apologize on behalf of his girlfriend's bad behavior, uh, but then he notices very quickly that she isn't just any girl covered in green juice. She is a paparazzi, and he does not have a great relationship with the media. It's kind of his reputation. And so they get into a, a little bit of a spat. They share some words. Uh, there is some banter. And then that's when the other paparazzi arrive and start taking pictures of the two of them together. And instead of reporting that they are in an argument, as the media sometimes does, they get things a little bit twisted and they report that they're actually a couple and Liam's ex-girlfriend was jealous and threw her green juice at Ada. So unexpectedly, this little encounter blows up in the media and everybody is shipping Ada and Liam together. And so they decide that since it's benefiting both of their careers and their images, they're going to go ahead and fake a relationship for a little while. But as they spend more time together, Ada starts to feel all the pressure of the media scrutiny. And her boss starts putting a lot of pressure on her to try to uncover Liam's secret, which she's sure is something big that he's hiding. And, you know, as things go with fake dating tropes, the line between what is fake and what's real starts to get a little bit blurry as they spend more time together and banter and sparks start to fly a little bit. And so Ada starts to question if this dream she's already had is worth risking everything, including her morals and her heart. And this book really talks a lot about ethics in the paparazzi, ethics in the media, um, how things are misconstrued. And overall, though, this is a very like light, fun, happy summary rom-com that's full of hope 
I wrote this book um, after a year of being like very, very sick with a chronic illness. And when I finally got it under control, I was like, I want joy and I want hope. And so that is what this book is. I would say it is, you know, and, and discovering yourself too and what you really want out of life, what you think you want, what you really want, or, you know, the realizations that you come to um, over time as you, your experiences in life. This book cover is gorgeous. Keely. <laughs> My cover artist. Yes. <laughs> I have to do a shout out because I mean, look at it, you know? Um, so what was that experience? Because we know having been in, you know, involved in getting to know the community, a lot of the times they don't get a choice on their covers or their titles. Um, but as an indie author, you do get more of that freedom. Um, can you kind of tell us of the journey it went, you know, to getting your cover and, and your title and things yeah. like that? Yes, yes. So uh, I would love to talk about both these things because I can take absolutely zero credit for either of them. <laughs> <laughs> so when I first set out to publish this book, I was dead set on doing traditional publishing. I was agented and we uh, were preparing to go on submission, which means that my agent was going to pitch this book to editors at all the publishing houses in New York City. And she thought that my working title, Chasing Stars, was not super marketable. Um, and so we were shooting back uh, ideas back and forth about how we could modify the title. And she actually came up with Not If I Date You First. And we both were just like, yeah, that captures like, the vibe between Liam and Ada, like the kind of the silliness, the playfulness and the banter. Um, and so it stuck. I love that title. Uh, I wish I would have come up with it by myself, but I did not. She, she totally did. And then the book cover. So when I finally decided uh, this book was not going to happen traditionally, like we went on submission, we were going to shelf it. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more about that process later. Um, but when I was going to publish it indie, I reached out to my sister-in-law, who is an incredibly talented artist. Uh, her Etsy shop is Art by Keely, and it's fabulous. So you should all check it out. I had to embarrass her at some point tonight. <laughs> but these paintings up here are the hand paintings that she did and put together to create this book cover. I'm going to stand up for just a second because not only is the front cover absolutely stunning, right? But the back cover is absolutely stunning. And I did not ask her to do this. She just did it all on her own. And this is like a special little Easter egg because this scene happens to be the first kiss in this book. So this is a big moment right here. And she captured it beautifully. And it just means like so much more to me to have this book um, be kind of a, co a collaboration, right? Not just like my art but also like someone i love's art <laughs> i'm gonna make everybody cry tonight it's fine <laughs> but that collaboration it just means so much more so having this book on my shelf and having it be my work and your work is just everything so thank you all right so we kind of know what the story is about but why write a story about the paparazzi what was the inspiration? What kind of research did you do um, throughout this writing process? Okay, so uh, this book has been a long time coming. 
Um, back in 2011 is when I got the first little nugget of an idea for this book. So my uh, brother over here happens to be the luckiest human being that I've ever met in my life. Like literally he wins well, he absolutely sister, so. everything. Yeah, I should say that more often. <laughs> <laughs> but so he got on Facebook and he entered a contest to win tickets to the premiere of the eighth Harry Potter film in New York City. And at the time, we were like diehard Harry Potter fans, right? Still love Harry Potter, not so much the author anymore, but that's a totally different conversation. <laughs> um, so anyway, we uh, not only get to go to the premiere of this movie in New York City, right? We get to go on the red carpet at this event in New York City. So we're there with Daniel Radcliffe and Emma Watson and Rupert Grint and Alan Rickman. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's amazing, like it's magical, but so you have the us, you know, the normal people on the, the one side of the red carpet, and then on the other side is all of the paparazzi, right? And it is utter mayhem. And some of them are like very respectful with the celebrities, and you can tell they've got like kind of a rapport, they kind of know each other uh, from you know, stalking them all of the time. <laughs> some of them are just like very rude and aggressive and demanding. And so like just watching that dynamic to me was fascinating. And uh, we didn't just watch it for a minute, right? Like we were there for four hours. It was July. It was New York City. I think the humidity was 95%. Like I have sweat like dripping down my entire body and it's like, hi. Alan Rickman, <laughs> like just an utter mess. But we walked away with a story idea and an amazing experience. Um, and then like slowly over the years, that idea kind of germinated a bit. I listened to Taylor Swift's 1989 album about uh, a million times. And so a lot of the scenes in this book, uh, Lindsay will know, were <laughs> inspired by that album directly. Um, and then we did a lot of research about the paparazzi. So we watched documentaries, we read books. Uh, one really cool documentary we watched was called Teen Paparazzi. And it's about this 14 year old kid who literally is just running around LA at night on his own, like doing his little side hustle of taking pictures of celebrities. And it's wild, but it's really, really interesting. And then I read a biography um, called Shooting Stars by Karen Buell. And so she was a paparazzo in the early aughts. So she's writing about her experience of being a paparazzo where, um, you know, like Ta Paris Hilton was big, Britney Spears, Zac Efron, Lindsay Lohan, like that whole era. Um, and it, it, it was fascinating. So she really dives into the business, like how much money they make, why some of them are so desperate and kind of do the things that they do, which I don't necessarily agree or support, but it was an interesting perspective. Um, and she also talked about the uh, rampant misogyny in that business that she faced as a woman. And so I did uh, try to incorporate some of all of that into the book. Um, one of the main scenes is a movie premiere at Lincoln Center, which is where we went to the Harry Potter premiere. And then across the street, you see all the fans at Dante Park, um, which we saw at the Harry Potter premiere as well. And those fans were sleeping there for like three days. I'm not even joking, in July in New York. But a cute little side story that has nothing to do with my book <laughs> is that Tom Felton 
aka Draco Malfoy, got pizza and delivered it oh. to all those people in Dante Park the night oh. before. And I think that's the cutest thing in the world. So I just, you know, wanted to share that story with you. <laughs> Was it, it's totally off our little thing here, but do you get the same feelings when you see, when you meet authors that you did when you were there meeting those big movie stars? Like, do you still have, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, Y'all have no idea, like, the authors that are on this patio right now, like, I'm kind of dying. I know. And I'm so grateful to all of you for being here. Like, that's a, a dream come true for me. But yeah, I, like, authors are, like, the, the superstars for me, right? They're the people that I get super, super excited to meet. So, yeah. Okay, we kind of touched on it a little bit um, earlier, and then we were going to wrap back around. But I want to know what the publishing journey has been like for you, as well as what are like the hardest parts of indie publishing? Yeah, you know, I mean, both sides have hard parts, and I think you probably experienced all of them. But, <laughs> um, but give us a little insight into that experience. Yeah, so like I said, I originally wanted to be traditionally published, um, and so I actually had an agent reach out to me on Twitter because I had been posting a little bit about the book that I was writing and that I had just finished and was getting ready to query. And she was like, hey, before you go into the query trenches, send it to me. I want to read it. Um, and so I did. And she read it that night. And then the next day was like, do you want to jump on a call? I want to represent you, which like this never happens. Like that's a really, really rare and cool thing to happen. And I was super excited. She was wonderful. I signed with her. She um, really helped me like clean this book up and turn it into what it is today, which was amazing. Um, but we went on submission. Unfortunately, it was 2020, um, <laughs> which is probably one of the worst years in publishing history to go on submission as a debut author because um, books, they, they just weren't buying hardly any books at all. And it, and it is what it is. It happens. And so I was faced with either shelving the book and starting something new and going out again and trying that. Um, but the year before, I had gotten into this mentorship program called Author Mentor Match. And my author mentor had won a Wadi Award previously. Um, a Wadi Award is basically, so Wattpad is this huge online platform where authors can post books. Um, readers read them. And then if you win a Wadi Award, it means that the editors of Wattpad think that your book is one of the best books on the entire platform out of the millions of stories that have been posted that year. And so I knew Wattpad pretty well. And I was like, I don't totally want to shelve this. I think this specific book would do well on Wattpad. So we're going to put it on Wattpad. And I was actually right. <laughs> it did very well on Wattpad. Um, I got over 950,000 reads on Wattpad, which is bananas. <laughs> it's really cool. And like Wattpad's readership is different, right? Those are readers that I would never reach publishing in any other, any other platform, any other way. Um, and it was such a cool experience. Like they were so kind. The readers were so nice. Like the scary thing about Wattpad is they can comment literally in line on your book, and that's yeah. a little terrifying. It was, <laughs> it was fun, though, you're like, I'm having this reaction right now, and I want you to know that, like, I am loving this part, or this part made me laugh, or right. tears, I'm crying because it's so emotional. Like, that real time as a reader is fun. I don't annotate books, or I'm not an annotator. Yeah, it's like annotation. You know, and that's kind of what I liked about it. It's like I've been able to pass around a book before to other readers. Like, yeah. You know, to each other, right? 
and it's fun to see what other people that other people are seeing it the same way or feeling the same way about the story so I'm yeah. glad that you put it on there so you can kind of get that real-time feedback yeah I mean not all of it's I'm that nice sure. but a lot <laughs> of it <laughs> but given this book I don't know if like you really got that many comments. no for by and large like Wattpad is very very nice and it was it was uh, overwhelmingly like positive feedback but the downfall of Wattpad is they don't pay their authors very well and that's kind of an understatement but and like I love the idea of like being able to like write books for free because I love it and just have readers be able to read them because they love them but writing a book is not free right like I'm paying for writing software I'm paying for graphic design software so I can market it and do book covers and I'm paying for editing software and I uh, this book was professionally edited by Kelsey right here who did a wonderful job and made this book so so much better so there's expenses that go into creating a book so I can't continue to write books and just bleed money all the time as much as I would love to be able to do that. So and time. And time. <laughs> yeah. And time. So we decided to publish it on Amazon and we'll see how it goes. But I think the hardest part about indie publishing is definitely uh imposter syndrome. And I know like every author here has experienced imposter syndrome and probably like every person here has experienced imposter syndrome like it's just a thing and I know like I have reasons to be very confident in this book right like, I have 950,000 reasons from Wattpad to be confident in this book but there's still that thing in the back of my mind that's like but none of the editors in New York picked you and said like you're the special one I believe in you you know and so it's just like pushing that aside and being like you know what i choose me and i choose this book and here we are <laughs> yes here we are and you deserve to do that you know and, ha and taking your own you're like i'm sick of dealing with all these big publishers i want to be a writer i'm going to be a writer i'm just doing it um and look at all these people right we all got you we all support you let's see what are you working on next normally in big publishing ones are like okay if you can tell us but because you get to publish your own books <laughs> i can tell you everything. you can tell us everything <laughs> no so i do have another book coming out this year it comes out on december 12th it's called never getting back together is it inspired by Taylor Swift? You betcha. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a small town second chance romance. It is about a girl. Her name's Quinn Kelly. And so she's working really hard to get her uh, license in nutritional therapy because she wants to help people who have chronic conditions like she does. And she just so happens to have the same chronic condition that I do. Um, and so she's working really hard and then things go awry when her ex-boyfriend shows back up in town for the first time since they graduated from high school a few years ago. And naturally, other things continue to go awry and the two of them end up roped into hosting their town's Founders Festival together. So that's a lot of hijinks, a lot of banter, um, and it's like a country romance, so kind of a throwback to my own high school 
days out at Fremont High. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a lot of fun. Um, but it does have a lot of themes about chronic illness. It talks about the expense of healthcare in this country. But it is overall just a very lighthearted rom-com. I'm not going John Green on y'all. Don't worry. <laughs> don't know how well that <laughs> But I did, uh, I just wanted to write a book about a girl that had the same condition that I do. Like she's, she's sick, but being sick does not define her life. Like her story is not her sickness. Her story is her love story in this book. And I'm really excited to publish that one. That one's definitely got the most of me inside of it of anything that I've written. So December 12th. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to read that one again. I will read them all again. All right. So let's open it up um, to questions. If anyone has any questions for, for Christy. Kelly, the question is, what's your favorite Taylor Swift song? If you can narrow it down. Well, I can today. Okay. So, um, I don't know if you knew, but last week Taylor Swift re released her Speak Now, Taylor's version album. And so, Electric Touch is the song that I am currently living for. Thank you for that question. <laughs> yeah, how long did it take you to write it? So, are you talking about the amount of time I spent thinking about it and not writing it? <laughs> or just like the actual fingers on keyboards writing it. So um, Neil Gaiman came here and did an event uh, in 2018. And he gave the advice that if you cannot get yourself to finish a book because you think that your writing sucks and you delete everything you ever write, then what I want you to do is go home and get out a notebook and you just start writing and you don't read anything that you've written previously. You just go page by page by page until it's done. And I did that in 30 days, page by page by page, finished this book. And it's a hot garbage fire. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you. It's an absolute mess. But the most important thing is that once you've got that hot garbage fire, you type it all up in your computer and then you have something to fix. And for me, at least the fixing is so much easier. I love the fixing. I love the editing. The editing part probably took me two months because I had a deadline to apply for author mentor match. So it was about three months start to finish after like almost 10 years of not writing the book. <laughs> this is kind of a related question. So this is July and the next one's going to come in December. Mm -hmm. And I, from what I understand with indie publishing, you have to keep up a faster pace. You want to get like a, a good volume of stuff with your name on it as quickly as you can. But what you just said makes it sound like that's going to be no problem. So are you going <laughs> <laughs> to That is an excellent question. So uh, the next book is done and edited, and I had it posted on Wattpad as well. And it also did very well. It got like 400,000 reads on Wattpad. Very cool. Um, so it's finished. So it's very easy for me to now get that one ready to go yeah. by December. Not a lot of work there. Um, but what I do from there really depends on how well this goes. Like I really enjoy indie publishing. It's a lot of work because <laughs> you're wearing all of the hats. And I think uh, I may have cried a couple times and 
told my husband, this is why traditional publishing would be a great thing this <laughs> in the past couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. So I don't know, like if it doesn't uh, do great, then I might try traditional publishing again. If it does do well, I have a couple other books that are at least partially finished that I'll probably just finish up and publish next year myself. Thank you. And it makes me wonder if you'll ever write a cozy mystery. That's a good question. Uh, the answer is that I tried. <laughs> I tried really, really hard, but every time I sit down to write anything, it just comes out as a rom-com. So <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> so my question, which is funny because I had this question before Megan asked first, I remembered you telling me once that you loved reading cozy mysteries. I do. Hard to access. Yes. So my question is, why do you connect with long complex and what is it about that genre that you connect with? Sure, that's a great question. Um, I think first of all, when you write a book, you are in the vibe, the tone, the headspace of whatever you're writing for a very long time, and so you have to be prepared to be in that headspace. And so for me, it's easier to be in a happy rom-com kind of mind space. It's much better for my mental health. Um, but I also was like a junkie for like rom-com movies in the early 2000s. And I think that's just kind of like embedded in my brain. And you just kind of like whatever you're consuming, you absorb that kind of story telling, um, like the, the rhythm of it, the cadence of it. Uh, and so I think that's it's just like embedded in my brain now and I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to escape it. Not that I necessarily want to, but I tried to write a fantasy, Trisha. I tried hard. It didn't go. It did not go well. I'm sorry. <laughs> I love that question. Okay, so we'll start with movies. How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days is probably my favorite rom-com of all time. Like I feel like the comedic timing in that is just absolutely brilliant. Um, I also really like, um, oh, what's the Ryan Reynolds, Sandra Bullock one? The Proposal. The Proposal, the proposal. thank so you, I love that. Uh-huh, I'm kind of a junkie for like enemies to lovers style, so 10 Things I Hate About You, Ooh, love it, love it, love it. And then one that's not enemies to lovers so much um, that I really, really like is a really good one with Ryan Gosling in it and Emma. Crazy Stupid Love? Crazy Stupid Love. Oh, I know my wrong one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but books wise, oh my goodness, there's so there's so many. I could go on and on. But um, Emily Henry is a genius. Abby Jimenez, I have never read books where authors bring characters to life quite as well as Abby Jimenez does. Like you feel like those are real people and you were in that story and they're funny, but they also have a lot of depth and they're just absolutely brilliant. So those are my two very, very favorite rom-coms. Oh, and Sarah Adams. If you like closed door rom-coms, Sarah Adams is where it's at. Uh, then I would invite you to attend the Why and Wine book club this week. <laughs> We're reading A Soul to Keep by Opal Rain. Thank you, Jenna. High level, spice level.
It is a a monster erotica. <laughs> and y'all, I opened the book and read the dedication and nearly died. So <laughs> our book club has evolved. <laughs> we're we're very widely read. We're a who. We are a who. Okay, any other questions? All right. All right. Should we do the signing? Let's do it. That's all for today's episode. I do apologize for the audio quality through the Q&A portion, but I did want to include that because I thought some of the answers were fun. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. Again, thank you all so, so much for your support of the book and of this podcast. We will be back very soon with new episodes of Get Cozy Podcast, so stay tuned. And in the meantime, be sure to follow me on Instagram and TikTok at at Get Cozy Podcast to see which authors we'll be interviewing in our upcoming episodes.